0: Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson.
1: Hello everyone, welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 173 of the best Reds podcast out there, if if this is the only Reds podcast you listen to, anyway. I'm Chad Dotson, your host. Joining me again this week is our my good buddy, big fan of the Reds, this guy, Jason Linden. How are you, Jason? I am well, and the Reds are my favorite baseball team. Well, it would um, be, be a little strange if we, we, we got in here and talked about the Reds as much as we do and, uh, and they weren't your team, like if you were a Marlins fan or something. Did those exist? I heard the rumor that there is a Marlins
0: fan somewhere.
1: I've never seen one in the wild, but...
0: No. Um, regarding your intro, I think we can safely say uh, to anyone who is listening that this is the very best Cincinnati Reds podcast that you are currently listening to. Oh, I think there's no doubt about that. I think it's a clear we're clear winners in that category.
1: Well, do we have to talk about the Reds now?
0: Um, I think that's how this normally goes, if I recall correctly. <laughs> you know, last week I talked to uh, Doug Gray, RedsMinorLeagues.com,
1: dot com, and we did a deep dive into the uh, the the Reds draft and, and who all the Reds drafted, and a lot of excitement there. Uh, I thought that everybody seems to think the Reds had a good draft. The week before that, it was you and I, and we were. Uh, we have a sort of a tendency to try to look at the glass half full when it comes to the Reds, anyway. But we were a little overly optimistic at the time. I think it was just after the, just after the sweep of the Cardinals, and the Reds were one game below 500, and you know, two and a half games out of first or something like that. And it was exciting times, and things have uh, really not gone very well since then, have they? I don't
0: know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> you you refuse to to concede that the Reds may not have won every game since we talked last. I. Uh... <laughs> yeah yeah no
0: it's it's been uh less uh less than good they've won they've won what maybe like two games since we last talked
1: i i, I don't know if they've won two <laughs> i think maybe just one
0: it maybe, might be yeah maybe two i was hoping it was two but i was like well i might you know because then they <laughs> yeah they lost nine and then they won one and then they lost two more yeah you're, you're really trying to be optimistic when you're trying to find a second win out of this stretch, you know. You're really trying to – that's a stretch, Jason. It's, it, is a, it is a stretch. I'm not as limber as I used to be.
1: And, you know, what we've seen here over the last 10 days or 11 days, largely the pitching, starting pitching has collapsed entirely and the offense has not been able to, to come back. And, and to me it seems like as well, and I do want to talk about the starting pitching because I think that's – that's the area of most uh, importance and the area that uh, there's possibly some movement happening right now. Yeah. But uh, the bullpen, uh, briefly, let's talk about the bullpen because I'm afraid, you know, the bullpen's had some, I don't know, meltdowns, maybe one meltdown, but they've not been as good as they were before. And you got to wonder if at some point the fact that they're pitching so many innings, the Reds bullpen has thrown more innings than any uh, bullpen in baseball, at
0: some point that's got to take an effect, wouldn't you think? I, yeah, I would think so. You know, I was on Twitter earlier tonight. and That's a bad uh, idea,
1: Jason. Bad I idea. Know,
0: Twitter's a bad place. There all there's all kinds of rabble there. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's this Dotson fellow. He's, yeah, the worst. A storm every now and again. But anyway, Zach Buchanan, who's a uh, you know one of our uh, beat writers for the Enquirer, um, had, had a tweet wondering if the Reds needed to start sending down every relief pitcher with options for 10 days at a time in shifts just to get them rest um (laughs) yeah and you know he he might be right um boy they just can't they they just they just can't keep this up can they i mean at some point
1: yeah i mean that and that we've Sort of thought that in the back of our minds all the way because they've had to take on such a burden this season, yeah. and uh, and even the pitchers, you know, a guy like Wandy Peralta, who's been fantastic this season, he's starting to show a little bit of uh, of wear and tear. I think he leads the Reds in uh, relief innings, I believe, if I remember correctly. It's just, uh, yeah, Wandy Peralta tonight was his thirty third game of, of the season already, and the Reds have two other guys. Well, Blake Wood was his thirty second tonight. Drew Storm was his thirty second tonight. Lorenzo was his thirtieth game tonight. So that's four relievers right there, and with uh, 30 appearances, and, and Rosella Glacius has 29. So, uh, yeah, that's a that's a lot of a lot of work on some some talented pitchers, but they're not yeah. perfect.
0: No, they're not perfect, and they they can't be expected to be perfect. Um,
1: the the problem is though, Jason, they they keep having to pick up the dumpster fire that's left in the middle of the field. By the Red starting pitching, and uh, it just—it's—it's it's not gotten any better, has it?
0: It—it it, it is not. It's like Ch- Chad. It's so hard to talk to you right now because they've been so bad, and you and I are so good at like, well, here's this one shining thing about the Reds, right. and it's just like there are no shining things, right? Now. You can't—you can't
1: sugarcoat how bad this rotation has been. I mean, it's just astounding. Yeah,
0: it's—they've—they've they've been terrible, and I mean, it seems frankly as though. In, in many aspects, the organization has, has finally gotten fed up. It helps that some guys are getting healthy too. But you know, we had um, Castillo uh, went tonight, um, pretty solid through five innings, uh, walked five. But you know, we can perhaps chalk that up to, holy crap, it's my first major league game and I'm nervous. Um, yeah, Luis Castillo
1: has not walked five guys in a month in
0: Double A. He's, he's yeah, no, he his. I think he'd had two starts where he walked two batters or something like that. I mean, his control has been really good, so I don't think we should expect that to be the norm. Um, But then we've got Homer going tomorrow, and it sounds like Finnegan on Monday. So that's three-fifths of the rotation this time is going to be uh, turnover. And then the two remaining are Feldman and Adelman, who have been adequate, which in the red starting rotation equals superstar, frankly, um, so far this year. So we may possibly... There's at least hope that the Reds could get five adequate starts in a row. That
1: <laughs> seems seems impossible. Yeah, Feldman yeah.
0: 4.20 ERA, Adelman 4.3, and but they've looked like world beaters compared to everybody else. Did, did you see how I just managed somehow somehow to find the silver lining in all of this? <laughs> it's a good effort. Good good
1: job. Good effort.
0: I I, I live to serve. <laughs> you know,
1: it's uh, it, it it takes some some work to try to find any kind of a silver lining because it's just been that bad. And and, and before the season. I believe we had this conversation actually here on the podcast, Jason, that the Reds have all these pitchers, all these young pitchers, all these guys in the mix. And so we thought the pitching had to be better because all of these guys, are not going to screw up. But I think we've sort of seen the worst case scenario. All the young guys have been pretty bad in the major leagues. And, you know, nobody else has stepped up. And the the guys you were counting on that were coming back, Homer Bailey, Anthony Di Sclafani, Brandon Finnegan have all been hurt. So the good pitchers you know you've got, they've been hurt. The The young guys, we expected some of them to take a step forward. None of them have yet, and that's not to say that they won't, but none of them have at this point. And so right. this, this is literally, I think, the worst-case scenario that, that we could have even I, – I couldn't have even imagined it. But uh, before yeah. the season, this was. I think this is the worst case scenario. I don't think it can get any worse.
0: And with I hesitate to say that with the starting pitching. I mean, you know, I wrote that article a while ago. Um, now, where it was just like they were like thirteenth on the depth chart, you know, and uh, you know, sure enough, you know, Castillo now he's he's option number fourteen. Um, fortunately, we're going to get options. What um, one and three. Back this week, so right. that's nice. Um, well,
1: one—if uh, you put Homer at one, I guess. Uh, yeah, I
0: yeah, disco
1: Fani's probably one. one. Yeah, so, probably. And he's, okay, he's so a, option
0: two and three, right? But still,
1: yeah, no, absolutely.
0: That's a upgrade over thirteen and fourteen.
1: Um, yeah, you're you're replacing Asher Wojciechowski and Lisalberto Bonilla, and, and let me just say that again because that's fun to say, Lisa Alberto Bonilla. You're replacing uh, those guys with. Possibly the, the two and three guys that we thought would be in the rotation. Yeah, that's a huge upgrade like that. I mean, within
0: the next two couple three, two or three days, assuming everybody is healthy and everybody stays right, I, I think there's no reason necessarily to doubt Finnegan. But um, you there's know. no no reason to doubt that Homer Bailey will remain healthy, is there? Um, Chadwick, have you done this <laughs> dance recently?
1: <laughs> I don't dance with Homer Bailey anymore. He just lets you down.
0: Yeah, I does. love the I love the old boy, but he lets you down. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I mean, you know, I'm hopeful and I think, you know, his results in rehab this year have been better than they yes. were last year. You know, I know last year, especially he he pitched a lot in Louisville and it took him a while, uh, really a while to get it together. He looks ready um, now, doesn't he? I mean, from what I've heard, I, I didn't get to see his rehab start in Louisville. Um, I wasn't able to make it there. Um, but you know, the, the numbers certainly look good and, and the control seems there and, and all of that stuff. So let's hope he's finally right. You know, we're a couple of years removed from Tommy John surgery at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully we've got something good going now.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that's been the downfall for this team so far, who's been, who've been pretty good across the board, except for the starting pitching. And so now I guess uh, this is the silver lining we're talking about. Uh, now you can finally see a little bit of hope and <laughs> maybe it's not too, not too late. There are a few guys I want to ask you about specifically and want to get your take on. Uh, the first of those is Amir Garrett, who you have been extremely high on. Well, we all have, but I think you, uh, as much as anyone, have been banging the drum for Amir Garrett. 12 starts, an ERA of 7.41. Um, what's, going yeah. on? what's going on there?
0: Um, you know, he's probably out of whack um, mechanically. You know, I was actually, for another piece I'm – I'm working on, I'll, I'll go ahead and say this because it's on the record um, and I, I doubt it'll make it into the piece anyway. But um, I was talking to um, Jeff Grappe today, who's the Reds um, head of player development, and he talked specifically about Amir being sent down. And basically, you know, it's he's gotten mechanically out of whack and he needs to go work on that and get it fixed. And you can't really do that in the majors, um, you know, especially when you're a new guy like this. So he's, he needs to do it down in the minor leagues. Um, you know, he talked about how Amir really was quite, quite dominant um, early on and, uh, and you know, just has kind of fallen off the wagon. I think with, with Amir, the thing that is encouraging, though, is that even as recently as a couple of starts ago, he is clearly capable of beating major league teams, right? Like, yeah, he, has the, he has the stuff, Right, he's and he he not only has the the stuff, but he's had starts where you have seen him apply it. You know where when his mechanics are working correctly, he goes out there and you look at him and you say, "Well, there's a number two, number three level yes. major league pitcher." Yes. Um, there have been other times when he's been a disaster, but you know, compare that with say Cody Reed or Robert Stevenson, who have only been disasters essentially. Right. Um, you know, it's so that's I I still think Amir will get it lined out. Um, you know he has a reputation definitely as someone who's uh, a very hard worker and very coachable very willing to be coached so I think there's I think there's a lot of reason to hope still with Amir I'm nowhere near giving up on him um, because we have seen seen flashes of brilliance from him and that Um,
1: that was actually the question I was going to ask and I knew your answer because it's the same as mine Uh, do you feel any differently about Amir Garrett than you did before the season uh, no. Yeah, I don't I don't either. I mean, yeah, he's not had success, but it's his first taste. And yeah. uh, and and we have seen those flashes.
0: And when when we see those flashes he does he looks fantastic, doesn't he? Yeah, he really does. I mean, when he's on. And that's, you know, that's what I saw even in AAA last year. It was just, you know, you get away with more in AAA, but he would have, you know, several games in a row where he was just lights out and then he would explode for a game because his mechanics would get out of whack. Um And that's kind of what we're seeing at the major league level. It's just kind of maybe spiraling a little bit.
1: Another guy that I want to talk about was uh, sort of in the same uh, circumstances as uh, Amir Gary. And that's Cody Reed who who got a taste last year. This year he's in in big leagues, 6.43 ERA. Not good. Only got one start and it was a disaster. He's gone down to Louisville and he's gone about his business, uh, trying to work on everything he needed to work on and, you know, ERA of 2.36 after nine starts in AAA, which looks pretty good. Still walking a few too many, but he's showing also some games. His most recent uh, start, uh, six innings, he struck out nine guys, only walked two. So uh, he walked five the, the game before that, but we just we just won the game in eight innings the game before that. So he's starting to get he's starting to get himself back in the conversation, I would think, and I look forward to seeing him back
0: in Cincinnati sometime really soon. How do you feel about Cody Reed? Um, I think I think he's very quickly approaching um, earning another shot. Definitely, um, you know I'll be intrigued to see kind of uh, I guess how he does when he comes back up. But I, you know, there's no reason to not give him another shot um, if the current guys in the rotation hold hold the line. Though, like you know, Castillo's up. He certainly I think pitched well enough tonight to earn himself another start um, and see what we see. Um, if those three hold, then I guess, you know, the question is, what do you do? Do you maybe send Adelman down? Um, you know, Feldman, you have to think even with things how they are, is still going to be trade bait because they know he's not going to be around next year. Um, so he might be on his way out before too long anyway. But, but one expects that at this point, unless um, Amir Garrett goes down and just as automatically lights out in AAA, um, one expects that, that Reed is kind of first in line to get a shot again here.
1: Yeah, I would think so. They'll, and they'll need, they'll need somebody uh, at some point. And so I would ex- unless he falls apart, but he's he's sort of gone down there and he's another guy you talk about guys that have, have a reputation of being coachable. I think he's got that reputation as well, doesn't he? He's a hard worker and uh he's gone down there and gone about his business. Is that is that what you've heard in Louisville?
0: It it is actually. I I happened to um be talking to uh Delano Shields like right after when when Reed and Garrett when Garrett was sent down the first time and I think Reed had just been sent down. They bo- they both had been just sent down and uh I, I asked Delano about guys getting sent down, and he's like, now these two guys who just came down, they're workers. They don't whine, they don't complain, they come down and they get to work. Um, you know, he made a point of making sure that he was very clear that, that he did not have any doubts about about uh, Reed or Derek. Um So that's that's encouraging, at least. You know, that's what you want to hear. Sure. The guys are willing to work, that they're willing to listen, and all that kind of stuff. I remember, you know, a, I, I, was, I remember who I was talking to about this this year, but... Um, I remember last year watching Cody Reed pitch and it was the strangest thing but he would he was in Louisville and he would just be plowing along you know and then all of a sudden he would just lose it I mean you know walking batters all over the place and it was an arm angle thing I believe but Ted Power who was in Louisville at the time as their pitching coach would just kind of walk out from the dugout talk to Cody Reed for about 15 seconds which you kind of gather were basically like hey you're doing the thing that you do when you start to suck. Don't do that anymore. And then he would go – and then Reed would be, like, right back there. So, you know, with, with he and Garrett, I think they're both coachable and they're both definitely able to – there's there's still a lot of potential there for sure.
1: And the question is not stuff. It's largely mechanical. And they're young pitchers. You, you would hope they'll get that. Maybe they won't, but I, I'm I'm still feel fairly confident about both of them. One other guy that just got sent down to AAA um, – uh, former number one prospect uh, for the Reds, Robert William Stevenson, who hey, in three starts in Triple A, an ERA of zero point six six. We're excited, right? This no. the, the stud prospect is back, right? He's
0: not excited.
1: No, no. He's walked eleven and struck out twelve. Yeah, walked eleven in thirteen point two innings. Same old yeah. Robert Stevenson that we've seen.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, the the thing was like. He, uh, I was there for his second start in Louisville, and he went um, four innings his first start down there because he was still getting stretched out. And then in his second start, he was 4.2 innings in before he gave up a hit. So he had 8.2 innings without giving up a hit. But he had thrown, and this is I'm, I'm guessing here, but this isn't me being like far off or unreasonable. He'd thrown something like 170 or 180 pitches to get through those innings.
1: <laughs> Somewhere in the neighborhood of 170
0: or 180. Wow, that seems like a lot. It's a lot, <laughs> so it was one of those like great. Nobody can hit you in AAA, but you you still can't even get you know reasonably get to the to the sixth or seventh inning you know with any confidence. And yeah, uh, you know tonight I guess he had a start, um, and from what I saw, I gave up a few homers, It was a lot better on the walk rate. Right? Oh, he but pitched
1: tonight. I, I didn't see I didn't see the numbers for tonight.
0: Yeah, I think I think uh, Doug was tweeting about it, but you know in any case you're going to have to see. A real change from Robert Stevenson, I would think, at least for half a dozen starts in a row, to really to really have faith that that something has has changed.
1: What we're seeing from him since he went down to the minor leagues and got a chance to get back into the starting uh, rotation is exactly what the problem has been. He has amazing stuff, probably as good or better stuff than anyone in the uh, Reds organization, which is evidenced by the fact that you know in his first thirteen innings down there, he gave up only two hits. But he can't throw strikes. You know, he struck out, he walked the, uh, you know, what, 11 guys in uh, his first three starts. So, you know, it, having that incredible stuff that he has, it only goes so far. You've got to be able to hammer the strike zone as well. When he can keep that fastball, especially in the strike zone, that off-speed stuff plays so well uh, off of that. But until he learns to throw strikes, and again, he just turned 24. I'm not giving up on Robert Stevenson either. But right. he's not – I've seen less to get excited about with Robert Stevenson than about five or six other guys uh, that are less highly touted uh, in the upper levels of the minor leagues. Yeah. Uh, and and that's, yeah. that's, that's a shame.
0: Yeah, and I remember, again, like last year I was watching kind of all three of these guys were talking about on a, on a weekly basis more or less because they were just in the Louisville rotation. And, you know, with Reed and Garrett, there were both times, lots of times when I would watch them and was like, wow, these guys don't belong in AAA. They're just look better than everybody else and you see that in the minors like you see guys who just clearly don't belong they're just on a different level and reed and garrett definitely were there you know most of the time i would say but with stevenson he just never looked that way it was like he would have an inning here and there where he seemed pretty dominant but over the course of a start you're like yeah okay he looks like he belongs with these guys which is really not what you want out of your number one prospect exactly exactly and I thought, you know, we had the
1: conversation about last year how the Lionel Shields had his uh, sort of statement about uh, that I thought might not have been um, appropriate about Robert Stevenson and work ethic, etc. And I think you had a different opinion on that. But either way, I thought something interesting this week that Brian Price seemed like he had a little bit of a veiled message for Robert Stevenson as well, and maybe for Cody Reedy too, but certainly Robert Stevenson. They asked uh, Brian Price why Luis Castillo... Got the you know got called up from Double A to take a start this week, uh, Friday against the Nationals, oh. and Brian Price said, uh, you know, number one he was already on the forty man roster, so that's part of it, but it's because he throws strikes, he doesn't walk people, and that sounded an awful lot to me like, uh, hey, pay attention, Robert Stevenson, this guy throws strikes, we want the guys that are going to throw strikes, and I don't know if I don't know if you. I don't know if you Heard that, or if you saw it the same way, but it seemed to me like a pretty clear indication that. Uh, I you mean, know.
0: I'll say I'll say this. Let's, let's put it this way: When was the last time you heard anybody in the Reds organization in any meaningful way bring up Robert Stevenson as someone they expected to be an option in the rotation anytime soon?
1: Listen, I talked to Dick Williams here on the podcast a few episodes ago, if you remember, and Dick Williams wouldn't even go so far as to, if you go back and listen to that, listen to how he talks about Robert Stevenson. He he will not, he would not commit to Stevenson being part of the uh, uh, part of the future in the rotation. He was very very clear about not. I mean, he didn't say anything necessarily negative, but he wouldn't go so far as to include him in that same group.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, nobody is is, is sort of. You know, most people aren't, aren't going to like trash players in the media or whatever, but, but it, it seems pretty clear that, that Stevenson is sort of landed in the, in the organizational doghouse, so to speak, and, and is kind of expected to show a little something um, before he's really going to get another look, which again, you can't blame them for. You know, he's, for, for all of the touting, he's never really had the, the results that you want to see.
1: No, you talk about the flashes we saw from Garrett in the big leagues. We certainly saw that in, in AAA. Cody Reed has not been a success in the big leagues, but we've seen him be dominant at times in AAA. Yeah. Stevenson has sort of been coasting along on the fact that he has better stuff than anybody, and he's a number one first-round draft pick. But he, we've never, you've written about that, I know, at Red Lake Nation. We've never seen the results, and at some point, the results have to matter, don't they? Yes, uh,
0: there, exactly. At some point, the results have to matter. Um, and that's, I mean, that's really all you can say about it. Um, it's got, it, it's, it's, you know, put up or shut up time for, for Robert Stevenson, I think.
1: Well, speaking of results and, uh, put up or shut up, I guess it's time for the, uh, the crafty right-hander to shut up, uh, our, our favorite guitarist with the long locks, Bronson Arroyo. It looks like Bronson, he's on the disabled list now. And there's a lot of talk that Bronson Arroyo's career is over. Maybe 14 starts Later than it should have been, yeah. Um, And I think both you and I agreed that it was a fun story. The comeback, you know, there was always a hope that he could recapture a little bit of magic and maybe be an average pitcher. We just didn't see it. He's hurt now, and uh, the shoulder, shoulders getting real problems. He's even uh, said this may be the end of the road. Uh, What are your thoughts about Bronson?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, what can you say? You you have to love Bronson. That's just how it is. He's, he's great. And, you know, he did, frankly, he had a couple of starts where it was a little bit like watching the old Bronson. Um, they, they were farther between than you really wanted. Right. I think for this year, you know, he kind of did what they needed him to do, which was I think they knew there was a lot of uncertainty with this rotation um, and a lot of injuries piled up. And they needed someone where they could say, go out there and throw me five or six innings and what you might get lit up whatever but go throw five or six innings and you know what he did he did you know, he had, yeah mo- most of his starts he managed at least five innings which is all they were asking for him you know I never I never had any complaints about Bronson um in the rotation you know I think it's um I think you know sometimes you get calls or whatever that it's like oh start all of the young kids and start them now and do it now but you can't You can't do that because those are you know those are players you're trying to develop and they're also human. So you can't just throw them against the wall every time if they're getting shelled and say, well, you just got to learn, you just got to learn, you just got to learn. That's not a good way to learn. You know, at some points you give you give, especially if you're trying to teach these guys who really, let's be honest, are kids. Like you give them a shot, and if they don't do it, you say, okay, okay, let's take a step step back. You go back down to AAA. You see what you did here, figure it out, and then come back up. And, you know, sure, you only get so many chances. But you can't just throw everybody. You know, can you imagine what would happen if the rotation, say, right now was uh, Reed, Stevenson, Garrett, um, Castillo, and, like, Adelman? What, well, I and mean, had- what if- all of those guys were in one of their downturns what are you doing you're getting th- you're not going to send them out there to throw 150 pitches because your bullpen is overtaxed you can't do that with them so you got to have guys up you know like Arroyo or even like Feldman who you can be like hey go throw five innings go throw six innings at least you're not coming out until then and you know what they've been around a while they understand and you know the Arroyo especially knows this is the end of his career. He knows what he's there for, and they can do that. You know, they can be reliable in that way at least. With young pitchers, you can't expect that from them until they show you they can do it, and then and then the story changes.
1: Well, I think I agree with that in principle, but I do think that the Reds have not been, in my opinion, as proactive as they should have been with these young guys. If they let those guys pitch and they're all in one of their downturns, as you put it, well, it's exactly the same thing we're getting right now with the Asher Wojciechowskis and Luis Alberto Benillas and Bronson Arroyos of the world. It's not that much different. I give them a little bit of leeway because they do know more than I do about how to develop these guys. But on the other hand, I think they've missed an opportunity to let some of these guys, at least, try to learn at the big league level, under the big league coaches, and uh, and get a little bit of experience out of the way in a season that really doesn't matter. It, uh, you know, uh, it doesn't matter if the, they they lose. Now maybe it matters if they're killing the bullpen and things like that. Uh, and I think there's a that, I think there is a good point uh, to be made about uh, the reason the Reds have depended on guys like Feldman and, and Bronson Arroyo and and some of these guys. Even Adamant really can throw in that although I have no complaints about Adelman. Right. But. I would have liked to see the Reds be, give Cody Reed more than one start. I would have liked to seen them, uh, you know, maybe not uh, not send Garrett down this last time. Let him let him work his stuff out at the uh, again. Maybe there's things mechanically they feel like they can work on at AAA better. I, I get that. They and I, I have a hard time questioning the Reds' decisions about development because they know more about develop. About de- I hope they know more about developing pitchers than I do. But uh, I wish they'd been a little more proactive. But I think maybe we're getting to that point. Now we're going to start seeing some of that because
0: we uh... might be. I, I will say, you know, normally you and I are very much in sync, but I'm I'm actually going to disagree with you here. Um, and and here's why. I'm just going sure. to go through some numbers. So Cody Reed right now has started 11 games in the majors and, and had six relief appearances. He's pitched 61 two thirds innings. Uh, he is walking five batters per nine innings. His ERA is 7.15. Okay. Robert Stevenson has pitched, believe it or not, exactly the same number of innings I had no idea, as Cody Reed. I had no idea until just now, eight of which came in, in, or he's had eight starts. He has a, he's walking 5.1 batters per nine innings. His ERA is 686. Amir Garrett um, has pitched 12 games in the majors. Um, he has thrown 58 innings and his ERA is 7.4. I mean, you know, it, huh, I can't – with if if these guys were, like, down in the fives, I would agree with you because that's that's bad, but that's not – it's a dumpster fire every night. But, boys, 7, 8, no, no, you can't do that. You can't, you can't throw that out there all the time, I think, with a player that you're trying to develop. Because I think, you know, if you just think about it in terms of when you're watching a ball game and, you know, let's say it's the sixth inning – or, the seventh inning, and you know your your team's down five to three. That feels like a baseball game, right? That's normal. Oh, okay, it was a little bit of a rough night for the starter, maybe, but it's not the end of the world. If it's like the seventh inning and you're down eight to three, that feels a whole lot different. Um and I think you know, as much as it feels different for us watching the game, I'm sure it feels even more so for the for the guys who are throwing the baseball. And I'm sure that you get to a point where I think, as anybody does, where you worry that they're going to start to feel like, I can't do this. And the second they start to think, I can't do this, you got a whole nother ball of psychological problems. And, I mean, I'm psychoanalyzing where I have no business psycho- psychoanalyzing. But I think, you know, that's kind of where I get on board with the Reds. And I think what we might be seeing, and that what's happened over the course of the season, is um, Castillo and Molly now have progressed to a point where they kind of start to be in the picture. So, you know, there are only so many major league starts to go around and we might start to get into kind of a competition thing where, you know, say Reed, Stevenson, and even maybe Garrett. It's like, hey, you want your spot. You better earn it back because these guys are passing you up. You well, know, that, because, you know yeah. tonight is imperfect, but he was better than we've seen from a lot of pitchers this year.
1: Sure, sure. And, and the last part, I agree at some point that there's going to be a competition here and, and somebody's going to have to rise to the top. I want to use 2017 to find out who those guys are. Where I disagree with you, and I love disagreeing. We need more of this. Jason, we're too much uh, in sync sometimes. Uh, I, you know, Bronson Arroyo, 7.35 ERA. Alberto Bonilla, 6.91 ERA. Seven games, four starts.
0: You don't care about breaking
1: those guys. Asher Wojciechowski, six games, four starts, 6.75
0: ERA. But you don't care if you break him.
1: Okay, well, if 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 you're not pitching... Amir Garrett and Cody Reed, those are the two specifically. You know, I, I, Stevenson's got no case as far as I'm concerned. Rookie Davis, he's been hurt. Um, and I'm not sure what kind of a case he has either. But Garrett and Reed specifically, maybe they work through their problems if you stick with them. Of course, they've given Garrett plenty of starts. Um, now, if they, if they believe it's hurting them psychologically, like you say, I, I don't know. But I mean, I'm perfectly willing to believe that that's a possibility because they see these guys every day. They talk to these guys. They know what what it's like for a, a young pitcher. If that's the case, okay, good. But if it's just because they're having bad results, if you think they've got the stuff, I'd rather see them up here this year trying to get major league hitters out, learning with major league coaches, and trying to see who they can be against big league hitters rather than seeing guys like, I mean, and I was for the Bronson-Arroyo experiment, but if I mean, if we're going to be starting guys like Asher Wojciechowski and, and Lisa Alberto Bonilla, who are just, these are guys who didn't, you know, the Reds picked up for free off the waiver wire. Wojciechowski didn't have a job. No uh, no, no one, he got cut at the end of spring training and no one else wanted him. And, and he started four games for the Reds. I just, I get why you get the Feldman and Arroyo and these these older guys you hope can eat some innings, but... I don't know. I, I'd rather see Garrett and, and Reed.
0: It, even if they take their lumps,
1: I'd rather see them.
0: In general, I would, too. And I I will say, you know, I don't know, given Garrett had a, especially had a weird last few starts. He had that game where he got hit in the hand with the ball. And then his next start, he was good. Um, and then he got shelled. And then they were like, okay, you need to go down. So, you know, I, and I, based just purely on the conversation I had today, I feel like they're seeing some mechanical things with Garrett that they feel like he needs to go down and work on and get lined out. That he's, you know, if you think about it, he was hurt. He was sent down to AAA briefly. He's obviously been dealing with some injury issues, you know, and and then he has the hand thing. It might just be to the point where it's like you need to get straightened out. Go get straightened out, and then we'll bring you back. Yeah, um, you know that's that's kind of what it sounded like with him. You know, Reed. Who knows? It, you know, he's he's struggled so much in the majors that they might just really feel like you need to go get some success under your belt. And, you know, really his control has been getting progressively better in AAA. Um, so that might be working. And I, I really feel like Cody Reed probably has another chance coming fairly soon.
1: I hope so. I hope so. We just, uh, this is the year, you know, we hope next year is going to be a, a year where the Reds are more competitive. This is a year where we can give away a few games. Um, I don't want to do anything that's going to hurt any of these pitchers' long-term futures. But if if the Reds can do that without, uh, without harming their futures, this is a year to, if we, if we got to blow a game or two or ten, well, we're doing that anyway. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I will say that my, my whole view on this is also colored by the fact that, as I've said a few times, I I definitely trust the current administration right in I too, I agree. office a lot more than in the past. So I kind of assume that if they're doing something, even if it doesn't make sense to me, that they actually have a good reason.
1: Yeah. I, and again, I'm perfectly willing to believe that because they've got more information than me, and for the first time in years – I have a little bit of respect for uh, for what this administ- the current management, the administration is is doing and and their perspective on things. I I, th- I think they've got a good group in place, and so I'm like you. I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, but uh, on its surface, I I question uh, I question the use of the pitchers. Uh, let me go back to Bronson just for a moment before we move on to some other things because I do think I, I, we need to talk about Bronson Arroyo, the Cincinnati Red. Now that the uh, end of his career may be upon us. And I I just think it's uh, a fascinating career he had. I went back and looked at uh, Red Leg Nation back in 2006 to see what we said about Bronson Arroyo when the Reds first traded for him. You remember the Reds traded the immortal Willie Mo Pena for Bronson Arroyo. And uh, I went back to look at what we said, and, and we were not particularly impressed. As a matter of fact, some moron named Chad Dotson uh, gave, gave this uh, analysis on the day of the trade. I'm unimpressed. I give Wayne Kribsky the GM at that time. I give Wayne Kribbsky credit for trying something to get pitching, but Arroyo is terribly overrated. He's a number four starter. <laughs> so, and then the the second act here uh, of this little uh, play is that Ronson Arroyo is probably a Reds Hall of Famer, don't
0: you think? Oh, no question. Like, um. None, none whatsoever. If he's not a Reds Hall of Famer, uh, it will be the biggest snub since, Reg, since Reggie Sanders. I yeah. mean.
1: That first season, after I said I was unimpressed and he's a number four starter, he had 6.8 wins above replacement. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, I'm a brilliant really analyst. Of, what was it like? Two, uh, yeah, I'm looking at the stats. 2011 was a rough year, but boy, otherwise, he was, I mean, he was exactly the same every year. Like, he went out, he pitched 200 innings, he he got it done. He just did. And it was remarkable and glorious.
1: Well, uh, yeah, he pitched 200 innings every season with the Reds that first time around, except for that 2011 you mentioned, you mentioned, and he only pitched 199 innings that year.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I yeah. mean, just consistent. And Did you know he's number six on the Reds all-time franchise list for games started?
0: Uh, I know he's up there on everything. What's, what's really startling to me is I feel like he's kind of up there on strikeouts, which is just a, a testament to longevity. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, I didn't look up strikeouts, but I know he's number, tied with Johnny Vandermeer for number six on in Game Started. Uh, if he wins one more game, he'd be tied for top 10 on the all time franchise wins list, number 11 in innings pitched, top 20 for uh, pitcher uh, wins above replacement. I mean, that's, you know, and a lot of that is longevity, but hey, that's a, that's a really good career. He's tied with Tom Browning in wins above replacement.
0: Yeah, he was a good pitcher um, for, you know, really quite a long time. Yeah, sixth. He is sixth all time on the Reds in strikeouts.
1: <laughs> wow, that's really that yeah. surprises me. I, I miss that.
0: He's he's uh, he's at 11:57. The the next people he would pass: Jose Riho and Johnny Vandermeer are tied. They're about uh, not quite 100 strikeouts ahead of him.
1: Yeah, yeah, just a, a, a really good career, and I don't want it to get lost for the people who have sort of forgotten how good he was. I don't want this year where he's been bad. Yeah. I, I don't want that to cloud the uh, the sort of collective memory of Reds fans. Because this guy, is, I think he's a, a, absolutely a Reds Hall of Famer. He's been one of the most uh, interesting personalities around the team. And I think we need to be celebrating his, uh, his career. No, the, the comeback didn't work out like we hoped, but it's a career that uh, very few pitchers have had in, in, in Reds history. And so I'm always going to
0: love me some Bronson
1: Arroyo. I'm
0: um, Me too. I I completely and and wholeheartedly agree.
1: Finally, we're back on the same page.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, my my belief is that this year, Bronson Arroyo did exactly what was asked of him. And I, you know, I kind of love him a little bit more for that because I I don't think Bronson Arroyo thought he was going to come out and be great. But essentially, they were like, hey, you can pitch in the big leagues one more time, and we just need you to go throw some innings. And he's like, okay, I got it. And And he did. And, you know, I like to think that he had sort of the attitude about it that I would have in that circumstance.
1: Which you know, he didn't even ask how much he was making this year. He just assumed it was league minimum. He didn't when he signed a contract. Yeah. He didn't even ask. He was just like, "Hey, you know, I'm 40 years old. I get to you gonna give me a chance to pitch in the big leagues? Yes, absolutely. I, you know, this is uh, this is what I do, and I'm going to try to hang on to it every. Which is what I think I would do if I were in the big leagues. Which we haven't. There was never any danger of that, but you know, oh, yeah, sure, I want to keep pitching. And I always felt like when he was with the Reds before. He was a guy that was going to – I called him at one time the right-handed Jamie Moyer. I thought he'd pitch until he was 46 because he didn't depend on, you know, sheer, sheer overpowering people. And uh, I guess the injuries have caused that not to happen. But I was I was hopeful and love that guy.
0: Yeah, I thought too – you know, I even said at the beginning of the season there was a chance he kind of just morphed into Bartolo Colon or, yeah. or, or or Jamie Moyer or whatever where it's like is if, if the arm was healthy and it seems like the arm is – really, really not healthy. Um, But you know, like we said, there were a couple of times where we saw where the arm was working pretty good, and we saw some flashes of old Bronson. who could go out and give you six innings, and that was about all he could give you, but he'd give you six quality innings every time. Um, But yeah, the injuries were just catching up to him, and it's too bad, but you know, we still love you, Bronson.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So anything else you want to say about this pitching staff other than, again, that silver lining we were talking about earlier? I think within the next few days, it's going to get well, hopefully it's gonna get There's nowhere much, much, to go
0: up. It can't get worse.
1: It can't. That's true. That is true. Look so at it's all.
0: It's only gonna get better. It's only gonna get better. This is what I keep telling myself.
1: Well, I hope you're I hope you're right. Um I believe so, but uh wait and see. Luis Castillo tonight, good good start. And good first, good uh, debut for sure. magic debut, and so we'll see how Homer does uh, tomorrow. Oh uh, all right. Well, you know, before we Wrap this thing up. What about this offense? Um it continues to be a pretty good offense, doesn't it? It
0: continues to be a pretty outstanding offense, really. Yeah. Uh, uh, the improbable Scooter Jeanette hit his 10th home <laughs> run tonight. You say uh,
1: improbable. I say immortal.
0: Well, that too. <laughs> um, giving the Reds five players with 10 or more home runs. Uh, Zach Cozart sitting there ready to join them as soon as he comes off the disabled list. is hanging out at nine. Yeah. Uh Botto and Shebler pushing for the league lead in Homers, depending on, you know, what day of the week it is. Um fun team to watch hit and you know, you never feel like the game is over because somebody could always come out and uh, and really do something. I, I'll tell you what I've been really the most pleasantly surprised by this whole year is Devin Mizarocco. Sure. He's not, you know, what he was maybe in, in two thousand fourteen, but boy, he's not far off either.
1: Yeah, he's still he's still a good big league hitter, isn't he? Um,
0: yeah, he's and for a catcher, I mean, you, you, you there's just nothing you can say. You know, he's he's knocking on the door of a of a 900 OPS. Um, fa- fabulous! Like if if he can do this, then then that solves a big hole in the Reds lineup. And if you think about it right now, you know you can go through a stretch in the lineup, um, and we'll, when like Cozart's healthy where you have to face, what, like, Joey Votto, Zach Kosar, A. Eugenio Suarez, Scott Shelber, Adam Duval, and Devin Mezzarocco, and then maybe Scooter Jeanette is starting that day, too. Boy. <laughs> Not very many weak spots. That, there are no weak spots in that. I mean, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Jose Peraza or Billy Hamilton gets easier to hide when everybody else is hitting like that, you know, I'm, I'll make a comparison here that in, in person many people would shoot me for. But, it, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, of the Big Red Machine where, you know, Cesar Geronimo or, or Davey Concepcion didn't really have to hit because everybody else was. Um, if everybody hits, then, you know, if you've, got, if you've got six guys, five or six guys hitting at 20% or better above league average, which is basically what the Reds have right now, then you really don't have to worry too much about the other couple slots in your batting order.
1: Everyone that's listening to this, I want you to go to Twitter at Jason Linden. At Jason Linden, I want you to uh, tweet at him asking him why in the world he just compared the 2017 Cincinnati Reds to the Big Red Machine. Because he did. I, I can't explain it, but he did. So I want everybody to uh, mock him about that.
0: Yes, please. I, I do love to be mocked. It's
1: <laughs> true. And you're getting used to it. No, but, uh, you know, joking aside. That's a that's a strong lineup and not showing uh not showing very many signs of of letting up. Really really pleased with with what the Reds are getting out of their lineup with the exception of uh Paraza and uh I'm disappointed in my boy Billy Hamilton uh so far, but uh that's another topic for another time possibly. But Scooter, you know, at, at some point do you think about Scooter over Jose Peraza?
0: <sighs> yeah, maybe. Um <laughs> Scooter's just 27. Yeah, that's hard to, you know, it's hard to say because, you know, for the last couple of years, Scooter really wasn't that good.
1: Um, he still doesn't draw very many walks. It's, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, it's not he's the not as it does,
0: place, but. but, you know, I think the thing about Scooter and the thing I'll say is that he definitely feels like the first guy off the bench to me. No, no question. Because, you know, throughout his major league career, he's never been a disaster. Yeah. Um, he's not the greatest defender in the world as we've seen at times. Um, you know, he'll, he'll have some miscues, but he's not humiliating defensively either. Um, you know, he's not tripping over himself all the time. He's just, you know, below average, I would say as a defender. Um, but hits, hits well enough, basically a league average hitter for his career. And, you know, that's the kind of guy that's a good guy to have off the bench, um, you know, can play in, in several different positions. He's valuable, and I think the Reds should should make an effort to hang on to him. He's, he's, he's definitely a utility guy, um, and he's someone who I think has the potential to kind of work as, as a starter. You know, if, when somebody gets hurt or when maybe there's a gap and you're waiting for somebody to come along, he can fill in for you. Which kind of is really what he did for the Brewers if you think about it and, and why they cut him loose is he he kind of held their spot until they had their young guys ready. And then they're like, All right, we don't really need you anymore. And so but the Reds needed him and, and got him and that's you know, that's worked out.
1: Yeah, he's even if he's not a starter for this team, I, I agree. I think he's a valuable a valuable guy. The Reds have had some pretty rotten benches <laughs> over the years. Even during the during the good season, two thousand ten to two thousand thirteen. Jeanette is a legitimate uh, sort of borderline major league baseball starter yeah who can you know play a couple different places and uh, he's a good guy to have around he's real
0: still relatively cheap you
1: know, yeah he's like
0: he's your, he's your ninth starter you know he's the guy who every team has who just kind of ends up accumulating three or four hundred at bats just by virtue of being on the team and being co- completely competent as a major league player
1: yeah but if you have a guy that's competent like that it really uh, it, it makes you a lot more flexible. Yeah. Uh, day-to-day because guys can't play every single day and so if you have a guy like that that you don't mind being in the lineup whatever position he's at it's it's, it's fantastic uh, and nothing but good nothing good vibes about uh, Scooter Jeanette. Also did you know you may not realize this but one game earlier this year Scooter Jeanette hit four home runs in one game. No he didn't. He did I'm telling you, you I know you don't believe it but it's true.
0: Chad Dodson is fabricating things.
1: I'm telling you you can look it up. Scooter Jeanette no way. Yeah, well, I'm
0: pretty sure he like had home runs for his whole whole career or something.
1: I'm pretty sure I read that he had four home runs in one game. I'll have to I'll have to check the stats, but I'm pretty I don't sure. I wrote that as a hack. <laughs> I agree, I agree. So, that's the thing about this Reds pitching's been so awful. If they'd just been average, this offense would have likely carried them to uh, they might they'd be about 500 now if the Reds had average starting
0: pitching. That, yeah. Oh yeah. If they had average starting pitching, they might be leading the division. It's not like it's not like anybody in the Central has been a world killer. Uh, yeah. And you so, know, with, with their offense as good as it has, if they had if they they would certainly be in the race if they had had league lead average starting
1: pitching. Yeah. And again, here's us trying to be optimistic, but at least league average starting pitching looks like it's right around the corner. I don't know. I don't want to believe it because it's been so bad so far, but it looks like it's right around the corner, and who knows for the rest of this season?
0: Who knows? This is this is what I'll say about that. Um, and this is – I've kind of been thinking a lot about this. At some point, I will do the effort and, and go through and figure out how, you know, the numbers on this and how it translates to success and all of that stuff. But the one thing that the, the sort of new guys who are going to start hearing about, you know, Tyler Molly and Luis Castillo have done is throw strikes. You know, Reed, obviously Stevenson, and even Garrett, you know, they've all had, even in the minors, they've all at times had issues throwing strikes, where Molly and Castillo have not. So at the very least, they're going to come up, and they're not going to kill themselves by walking a million guys. Um, Of course, I'm saying this on a night when Luis Castillo walked five batters, but it was his major league (laughs) debut, and no one holds a pitcher accountable for that. But anyway, um, that is encouraging, and I am intrigued to see what happens from them. And also, frankly, Tyler Molly is really young. He's 22, I think. So he's extremely young, even for double A, and he has destroyed double A and recently just gotten promoted to triple A. Where he is absurdly young,
1: and he's, um, yeah, he's a guy who's never gotten uh, much notice. No, not a first round draft pick, but he just he's getting guys out results like we were talking about.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's he was two years, two point three years younger than average for double A this year. Triple is a lot older than double A, I, so I got to think he's probably about five years below the average triple A AAA average triple A age right now. Um, so just to give people an idea of how far ahead of the curve he is, um, it, it, he's way ahead. Right. Way, I mean, there are a lot of guys who are really basically his age who are just getting drafted out of college right now.
1: So what you're saying is – don't let me put words in your mouth, but it sounds like what you're saying is Tyler Molly is probably the second coming of Greg Maddox.
0: Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's pretty in, clear. I don't think there's any question based on his double A stats that we can project him to enter the Hall of Fame in approximately 25 years.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think that's that's become clear and at this I, point. I mean, I
0: think it's reasonable. You know, I don't want to say he'll definitely win 400 games because you know injuries can come into play at the end of his career, but I think 350 is definitely a safe bet.
1: Well, yeah,
0: I mean, I think that's conservative. Yeah, I'm. Well, you know, this early in a career, you want to hedge at least a little
1: bit. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen. So uh, so Tyler Molly Hall of Famer. Um, Billy Hamilton's going to be a Hall of Famer. What other Hall of Famers do we have here? I'd say, let's go ahead and say Mayor Garrett and Cody Reed at least be in the conversation.
0: You know, if if we want to talk about something fun, just briefly, legit fun, Joey Votto is a Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah, <laughs> legitimately, yes.
0: Like, I mean, he is continuing to crush the ball this year. Any second now, he's going to pass 50 wins above replacement and he still has six years left on his contract. You think Joey Otto can get another 10 to 15 wins above replacement in six years? Cause I sure do. Oh, absolutely. I don't think there's any question. I don't think I mean, there's any question. That, that guy. Barring that, injury. Going to the hall of fame. And, and I will be there when it happens.
1: Well, let me tell you something. You're talking about something that uh, I agree. That's exciting. That's a, Getting to watch Votto every day is exciting. Here's what's not exciting. Looks like your old red legs just lost another game.
0: Yeah, I saw that too.
1: Yeah, uh, we're, as we're recording this, that's the first game of the series against the Nationals, and the Reds lost in the 10th inning. 6-5, blew, blew another lead. Yeah. Oh, mercy, Jason. Normally only
0: assume that Homer Bailey will throw his third no-hitter tomorrow.
1: <laughs> oh, man, can you imagine?
0: Wait, wouldn't that be a lift?
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, That'd be something. I'll take six innings. Of you know two run ball,
0: that that would also work. Yeah, um, five innings of two run ball tonight and still lost. But.
1: <laughs> thanks, thanks for raining on my parade, Jason. That, oh, good. the old Reds. Things to be optimistic about, but oh, they're losing a lot of games right now.
0: They they are losing a
1: little hot. Well, I'm hopeful that uh, the winds are going to start coming very soon. Yeah. These these pitchers are going to going to bring us back. These new. New guys like Homer Bailey are going to
0: going to bring this Reds team back. I guess. Sure. I, listen, it can't get worse. <laughs> now we lost twelve of their last thirteen.
1: Oh, all right. Well, I got to go and bang my head against the wall. So let's go ahead and wrap this up. Any any, any final thoughts? Anything you want to add, Jason?
0: Um, I'll just say, just to close it out. Joey
1: Votto is perfect. When you get down on these Reds, just think about Joey Votto because he is perfect. You can quote Jason on that one. Thank you all for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 173. You've got a lot of things you could be doing with your time, and the fact that you download this podcast and listen to us is, uh, well, I I certainly appreciate that. Thank you very much. If you uh, haven't subscribed yet, go subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or Tune in Radio or the Google Play Store. Wherever you get your podcasts, you should be able to find Red Leg Nation Radio. Subscribe to us. Give us a review. That helps other people find us. Give us a rating. We always say, if you like us, talk about us. Tell your friends. If you don't like us, why have you listened this far into the podcast, number one? And number two, just keep your mouth shut about that. Don't tell anybody if you don't like us. You can find Jason on Twitter at Jason Linden. You can find me at DotsonC, D-O-T-S-O-N-C you can find uh, us at Red Leg Nation on twitter and at redlegnation.com every single day we're talking about the reds as we have been for more than a decade and probably will for the next 500 years jason always a fun time talking to you buddy every time every single time i know you i know it's a pleasure for you to talk to me every uh, every time we do this every and so time. every about, time how about we do it again real soon well, i think we should let's do it